wow, when if I would have died, when would you report me missing? When would anybody look for me? Welcome to She Survives, a podcast about women living on the streets of America. I'm Christine Barber. Today we'll be mentioning the sale of sex, which is called doing dates on the street. If we do use the word prostitute, it's only because that is the term that is most often used by the public to describe someone who sells sex. We here at She Survives have no issue with the sale of sex. For women on the street, it's a way to make money and a reality of the life. If you're an average American, your chance of being murdered by a serial killer is 0.0004%. That's three zeros in front of that four. That's four ten thousandths of a percent. But if you're a woman selling sex on the street, your chance of being murdered by a serial killer is 7%. That means they are 10,000 times more likely to be targets of a serial killer than most people. But why are women on the street so much more at risk? Law enforcement will tell you it's because of lifestyle. But what do they even mean by that? Do they mean the women are more easily located? That they are more visible? That they are more easily identifiable? They will voluntarily get into a suspect's car? But that could be said for a woman hailing a cab or looking for her Uber. They are easily located outside nightclubs or at the airport. They are visible as they stand in the street corner looking for their ride to come. And they'll get in without coercion. So that's not what police are referring to when they say lifestyle puts women on the street at risk. What they're referring to is a group of tendencies they say are shared by women on the street. The tendency to be addicted to drugs or alcohol, the tendency to not stay in one place because they're homeless, the tendency to be out and about without having to tell another person where they are. To police, those tendencies make a lifestyle. And that lifestyle is something that serial killers really count on. Gary Ridgway, the Green River serial killer who killed 48 prostitutes in the 80s and 90s, said he picked women on the street because, quote, I knew they would not be reported missing right away. They might never be reported missing. I thought I could kill as many as them as I wanted without getting caught, end quote. And he wasn't wrong. Several of his victims weren't reported missing for years, and some were never reported missing at all. Women who live on the street know that if they are taken, it might be weeks or months before anyone comes looking for them. Cindy Jaramillo realized that hard truth in 1999 when she was kidnapped from the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico by the Toy Box serial killer. And so in, the ca- in your case, um, when you were uh, taken by David Parker Ray, you were gone for three days. And yes. so you didn't expect anyone to even think, oh, hey, Cindy's gone, you know, or anything. No, it wasn't until after I escaped I realized, like, wow, when would have somebody reported me missing? Because when they called my grandmother and my father, they were like, wow, we didn't even know you were gone. Like, it really hit hard. And I'm like, wow, when if I would have died, when would you report me missing? When would anybody look for me? Well, no, that must have been crazy, though, because, okay, you've just gone through three days of sheer hell, like the worst things anybody can ever imagine and to have your family say that to you 
be like, oh my God, I went through that and you didn't even realize I was gone? Yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it it made me realize like, wow, I was was never going to be reported missing. Like, Do you think any of that had to do with you getting out of the lifestyle later? Oh, it had a lot. It had a lot to do with it. If Cindy had been killed and eventually reported missing by her family to Albuquerque police, it would have been months after the fact. Her lifestyle would have made it hard for police to track her movements. They would have run into a lot of dead ends and then probably marked the case as unsolved before moving on to the next. And that would have been understandable. She was just one woman after all. But what if 19 women and girls went missing from the streets over the course of three years? That's what happened in Albuquerque between 2003 and 2006. Yet police barely investigated the disappearances, yet again citing lifestyle. But you don't have to take my word for it. They put it in their police reports. In the report for one of the missing women, the investigating officer notes how such cases are dealt with. Quote, I learned from discussions with staff that adult missing persons, especially those with chronic alcohol and drug problems, were seldom entered into the federal database of missing persons. End quote. In 2009, the bodies of 11 of those 19 women were found buried on the West Mesa and Albuquerque. And that's when the public found out. The case of the West Mesa, that was 11 or, you know, actually probably close to almost 20 women who have gone missing. They just haven't found the other bodies. And even that wasn't enough to make the police go, hey, this might be a big deal. Yeah, hey, we might have, you know, they're all women on drugs. Mm -hmm. They're all in the same situation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's maybe. a serial killer. But instead, nobody says anything and no one nobody does anything. Nobody says nothing. Nobody knows nothing. For most of the public to not know that, hey, something's going on out there, that this many women are going missing. You know, if they had any loved ones that were on the streets, they would have never have known, like, hey, you know what? I haven't talked to them. Right. Because they were used to them being, used to know, being gone. being gone for so long that it takes a while for someone to be reported missing. And by then... Look what happens. Yeah. By then they're they're gone. They're disappeared. So when women go missing, it's like especially where they're on drugs, it's like there's not a big worry for them. There's not a big demand to look for them or to you know to make a scene about it. Mm-hmm. But if it was some you know upper class woman mm-hmm. that went missing, oh god, it'd be all over the news. So serial killers target women on the street because of their lifestyle, knowing they might not be reported missing for months. If these women are reported missing, police can then use the lifestyle as an excuse not to investigate. But what if the women are found dead? As Cindy learned a long time ago, medical investigators can often blame the lifestyle again when they need an easy explanation for a death. She learned this in 1992 when she was 15 and her mother was found dead in an irrigation ditch in a rural part of Albuquerque. The autopsy called it an overdose, something Cindy never believed. And a recent confession by a serial killer has proven her right. Just what got me frustrated was nobody believed me that something had happened to her. And And it went back to the lifestyle thing again. It went to the lifestyle of her being a drug addict. Oh, wow. Yeah, when I kept telling the, the the cops and I kept telling everybody something happened or something happened or something happened or nobody would listen to me. I looked into my mom's case when I got older. There was nothing. There was no police reports. They never went looking for anything on her. 
more or less the reason why her case didn't get investigated more is because the medical examiner's office put it as a drug overdose. But when I pulled her uh, autopsy report, the amount of drugs she had in her system could not have killed an average user. Mm-hmm. Plus, to OD on crack is kind of hard. You have to do a lot, and I don't see my mom having the money to do that much coke anyway. <laughs> and she was smoking or she was injecting? Smoking it. How do you even smoke that much to get I don't know how overdose? You, I don't know how you smoke I mean, seriously, if you're injecting, in, I see it happening. I've, yeah, I've seen injecting. My mom did not... She didn't inject? No, she... See, that's the thing. I feel like they went for the easy answer. They did go for the easy answer. You know, there was no needle marks on her. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's how she, she didn't inject it. Yeah. You know, so. I don't care how good the crack is. <laughs> <laughs> how high that quality is, it doesn't how, matter. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to crack. Because I've had crack that good, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and trust me, I've tried... You tried to do it as I've, much as possible? Yeah, I'm like, how do you... And I've tried different ones, trust me, I've tried many ways. <laughs> but yeah, they just went for the easy out. They should have investigated it more. How is a woman going to end up in that part of town with no vehicle? Her shoes are neatly on the side of the ditch. And she's going to end up in the water. Yeah, because she's going to go but swimming. But she drug overdosed in the water. Like, it doesn't... No, not in that kind of water. No. She got put there. So, regardless... Right. She just didn't go and OD in the water. Right. In a ditch by her... You know, she didn't go swimming in a ditch by herself at night. So, Samuel Little, how does he say that he killed her? As far as I know, him and another woman and my mother were partying. And the other woman left. Something about her leaving pissed him off and her not coming back. Mm-hmm. And so he took it out of my mom. They're not sure if she was raped. They couldn't do a rape kit because she was decomposed at the time. But, yeah, he, he gave her, he delivered her a knockout punch. If he delivered her a knockout punch, that's a hell of a punch. That's going to show up in her brain yeah. as, you know, a brain hemorrhage and all that. Which explains the bruising that they had said on the autopsy report. Did and then he, he strangled her. So they had bruising on the autopsy report. Yes. They had all these other, found in a ditch in a rural part of town with no vehicle, with her shoes on the side. Yeah. And none of this makes them suspect. None. She's a, a prostitute drug addict. Who gets knocked out and overdoses in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In the water. Even if she would have OD'd and that would have been the final cause of death. Someone put her in that water. Yeah. She didn't OD there. Yeah. She was put there. So why was that never investigated? Who put her there? You know, no one ever investigated no further than she was just a drug addict. Why could? Why would her autopsy have been undetermined or undetermined uh, until further investigation or something? Why yeah, did it why? have to automatic, automatically be drugs because she had drugs in her system? Exactly. So why not make it a suspicious death instead of yes. making it, you know? Yeah. Like, why didn't you do your job at the beginning? Them throwing it off, you know, as a drug user or a prostitute and not caring about it made my family suffer 20-some years later because of it. There should be more more people that care a little bit more about Do you see the that truth. changing now? Do you feel like no. people are getting a little bit better about it? No. Do, if they found your mom today in the same situation, what do you think they would say? Cause they would say the same stuff. Mm -hmm. They would say, oh, yeah, she OD'd, even though yeah. none of this makes any actual yeah. sense. And I think we just need a couple more 
good people out there that would be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe. Take a little bit more time. Yes. Let's not just say drug user and just close the book. Yeah. Let's stay and say, you know what? Because you're a drug what? user or you're a prostitute or you're this or you're that does it not make you any less of a person. Any less of a case that we need to solve. Yeah. Right. So if you could say something to Samuel Little, so pretend I'm Samuel Little, what would you want to say to me? You know what I've got? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have nothing bad to say to him, actually. Really? Why not? He killed your mom. I really don't. You know what? He killed a lot of people. I know he killed a lot of people, and he's going to rot in hell. He's, right. he's going to get what he deserves. Uh-huh. Um, so I really I really don't have nothing bad. I don't have no ill feelings towards him. And I you do, don't feel I the do need want, to confront him or anything like that or um, yell at I, him? I do. I do. I want to face him. I want him to see my face. I want him to see my kid's face. And I want him to know what that he took a grandmother away from them. Yeah, exactly. They grew up without knowing their grandmother. Right. I grew up without a mother. Right. I struggle every day now. My kids, you know, I want him to know that, but I don't have a, I don't, I don't hate him. I don't. See, I kind of hate him and I don't even know him, so. (laughs) Actually, I, actually I don't. Um, I just hate him because I feel like he, he, he preyed on your mom and women like that because he knew people wouldn't look into it as closely. Yeah. So I hate yeah. him for that because and I a hate lot, him because you know what a lot of people a lot of men out there they prey on drug users prostitutes uh, because they count on people not to care yeah well and so David Parker Ray who took you he counted on that too yeah he counted on taking women from bars because he and that's what prostitutes yeah, that yeah. was his type and then yeah. the West Mesa killer Again, he had killed prostitutes because he probably was like, hey, no one's going to pay attention. And they didn't pay attention. Yep, and that's exactly what happens. If society would say, you know what, this is worth caring about, Mm -hmm. I think it would change a lot. Just for people to care would change a lot. Join us next time as we talk to Vicious, who had never done dates or done drugs until age 21 when she was given an ultimatum by her boyfriend. He basically said, you go out with her and you make money with her if you don't come back with money or dope. Mm-hmm. And basically, I'm, I'm going to be beat your ass. Thank you for joining us on She Survives a podcast supported by Street Safe New Mexico, a nonprofit that works with women living on the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you would like to find out more about our organization, you can go to streetsafenewmexico.org. There you can find out information about how we were founded by Cindy and myself, and you can also find out ways to donate.